BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. What up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Uh, got a great guest uh, on this podcast. So as we we creep closer to college basketball season, we have a lot of interesting stories. And if you have one or if you are one, hit me in the DMs, dude. I'm on X all the time. And when I say X, you know, it's Twitter, whatever. Anyway, uh, my guest in this All Ball is Michael Connell. Now you're like, mm, who's that? How do I know that name? Well, there's lots of people with that name. This one in particular was an absolute superstar, absolute superstar, Michael O'Connell was, as a lacrosse player. In fact, his brother played lacrosse at Maryland. He committed as an eighth grader to playing lacrosse at Maryland. How did he become the starting point guard of Stanford? And oh, yeah, by the way, um, how did he end up at NC State? It's all part of this week's All Ball. Take a listen. Um, okay, so obviously athletic family, right? You grew up in where in New York? Uh, Long Island, New York. Okay, so Long Island is home to a lot of things, but it is the lacrosse mecca of the of the universe. Am I, is that is that accurate? Uh, you know what? I'd be confident in saying that we got a lot of great players that have come out and went to college and done some great things. So I, I'll take pride in that one. Yeah. Okay, so like you're growing up, you're I don't know, twelve years old. Twelve year old Michael Connell. What what is your sports calendar like in terms of what sports you're playing? Twelve years old. I mean, I was involved in a lot of sports. I was playing basketball, football, lacrosse, baseball, soccer. Uh, I, I even wrestled for a little bit. So I, I mean, day to day, I was pretty busy with either different workouts, practices, and on the weekends, just going back and forth from playing, you know, two lacrosse games in the morning to two basketball games in the afternoon or all just co- constant sports and con- constant chaos in a sense. But no question. You know, it's great. Yeah. And it's, uh, it helped me develop all my skills to this day. So, so when did you kind of, when did you cut it down? When did you start to kind of specialize? 
Yeah, I think I think high school. I I, kind of, I cut it down to the three sports: basketball, football, and lacrosse, um, and just kind of focus on those because they were all different seasons uh, for like the, for school at least. So I just I mainly focused on those two, and then after um, my sophomore year, I focused more on just basketball and lacrosse to finish out high school. What's lacrosse's uh, club season like, or what, what's what's club lacrosse like? Club lacrosse is all year round. There is really no like off season in a sense. Uh, cause even in, even in the winter you're, you're training constantly. That's when a lot of the practices are and there's a lot of indoor stuff and, um, tra- like, and the, there's like more individual training, but fall, you got a few tournaments, spring, you have a lot of tournaments. And then even the summer you're, you're going to different tournaments and showcases and things like that. So it, it's definitely an all around, uh, your sport. Uh, what position in football? Football is quarterback. Yeah. So your quarterback yeah. point guard. And then, What's, what position did you play in lacrosse? Uh, I was a midfielder for lacrosse. Okay. So, and is that like the most glamorous position like quarterback and point guard is? Uh, it depends who you ask, but I'd probably say attack is a little more of that because you're more of a goal scorer. Midfielder, yeah. you're playing more uh, offense and defense. And so I mean, it depends who you're asking, but probably attack is a little more of the glamorous, like highlights, assists, and goal scoring. Okay. So... What what were you actually best at? Were you better at lacrosse than at basketball, or were you better at basketball than lacrosse? That's a tough question. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it, it's such a such a different different pool of players. It's hard to really compare and where I was at. But I would, maybe basketball. I would say I was definitely better at. Um, there's just there's a lot more people playing basketball, so it's a lot more competitive. Uh, but. I'll, I'll go with I was a little but no, better no, but again and maybe this is just you know having lived in Connecticut and known a little bit about the lacrosse game like it does feel like locally it would be you know it would be kind of you know nationally obviously more guys play basketball but locally hmm. you know feels like that's super super high level right and I don't know oh, okay but what was yeah. what's more what was more fun to play uh, that's again that's another tough question i mean it's they're, they're such close i mean they have their differences but they're such close games um that they're i mean i, I love playing both i mean i wish i could have played both in college that would have been a great thing to do i mean it was hard to give up lacrosse but i don't know if i can really pinpoint which one is more fun to play that's, a, that's really a tough question okay so could you like you originally committed to maryland to play lacrosse when was that I committed, um, it was the summer going into freshman year of high school. So I, I was committed a little after eighth grade. <laughs> You're an eighth grader and you commit to Maryland lacrosse where your brother played. Yep. So what, what was, the, what was that process like? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was just the, like the kind of the culture of lacrosse at the time before they changed the rule to now, I think it's, they can't contact you until like the June 1st of junior year or something like that. But I mean, that was just, that was just the reality of it that, you know, at all of your tournaments, seventh grade, they were watching you eighth grade. They were watching a lot more because that summer going into high school, a lot of people started to, you know, get recruited heavy and then they started to have offers um, thrown out towards them. So it was definitely interesting. Cause I mean, I, I knew where I was going to college too, as I was figuring out where I was going to high school. Um, so it was definitely something that, it was great. It, I mean, I can't complain. I was, was committed to one of the best, if not the best lacrosse schools in the nation at the time. Um, so it, it was a great feeling for sure. Take, take me through the, the process of deciding on a high school. What was that like? Um, it was definitely tough, but my local 
the local private school is Shamnat High School, and it's five minutes from my house. My brother went there, um, and they have the great lacrosse. They're known for great lacrosse, and then the basketball program was pretty good too. So, and then I know the coaching staff there, obviously through my brother, and it just it felt like the right fit. Um, good education, good basketball, great lacrosse. So it just felt like the right right situation, right fit, especially being that close to my house. So when you're when you're like a high school freshman and you're committed to Maryland lacrosse, did you did you have a target on your back when you're playing early in high school? I would say I would say a little bit. You know, guys are definitely gunning for you, trying to prove themselves that if oh this guy's committed to Maryland, I, I should be committed to a school or committed to Maryland too, something like that. Um, but I think also the kids I was playing in high school with were also on my travel team growing up, and they were also yeah, getting a lot yeah. of looks, and some of them were even they were even going on their visits and getting committed a little bit after. So it wasn't, wasn't too, too much of that, but you definitely seen when you went to like the tournaments and uh, showcases that kids were, had a little bit, had a little more of an edge towards you when they were playing. Yeah. So when did you decide, Hey, maybe I don't want to play lacrosse in college. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was ever, I don't want to play. It was just the opportunity for basketball. And that kind of, that kind of came uh, late after, I mean, probably it was COVID. It was like the COVID summer when it first hit. I just graduated, um, or I was in the midst of graduating, and there was everything going on. They had the kids were getting an extra year of eligibility, so the freshman class was getting an extra year coming back. There was a new class coming in, especially for lacrosse. So there was going to be lots of people. I mean, it was going to be the teams were going to be usually they're like 50, 60 guys now. They're going to be close to like seventy. Um, and up. So it was, it was an interesting decision. Um, at the time there's a lot going on, especially during COVID, but I got the opportunity to the coach reached out to my high school coach from Stanford. And I had the opportunity to play college basketball and especially at, you know, one of the top universities in the, in the country and maybe even the world. So it's, it's kind of hard to pass up on that, especially as sad to say it's sports do end at one point, but your education and your relationships last forever. So why go to Blair? Cause you mentioned Shamanan mm-hmm. right down the street. But then you go to Blair. Why? Uh, I mean, just the opportunity there for basketball and lacrosse. It was just felt right. Um, it was better. At the time. Yeah. yeah, at the time it was a good opportunity for me. You know, my coaches from Mashamna were pretty, they were kind of pushing me to kind of go that way too. Oh, they were? Yeah, they were super supportive. I mean, I'm still close to them till this day. I talk to them all the time. I was actually just texting, texting both of them yesterday, I think, or two days ago. So, I mean, they've been super great through everything there. Um, and they were, yeah, they were super helpful and positive towards me making the jump and taking that next step towards Blair. And then I did, I was, I mean, I'm super grateful for that opportunity for basketball across and then just the relationships I've built uh, to this day. So you're in, so you're, so you're in Jersey, mm-hmm. you're two weeks into your lacrosse season, yep. right? Just get down with hoops. And what do you, like, what do you remember? I'll, I'll give you my personal and then you can take, take me through yours. So, um, I was, the day before I had guest hosted Colin Cowherd's show. Good. And I remember walking out to, to the, it's on a, it's on the Fox lot. It's a big like TV set. And I remember walking out and um, one of the guys is like, he's not, he's kind of an executive, but he's really the connector between the executives and the shows. And I was like, you know, I kind of think we need to talk about this uh, coronavirus thing. He's like, dude, we're a sports show. Like people don't want bad news. I was like, yeah, but I don't know. Like everybody's saying it's going to start to affect sports at some point. He's like, well, when that happens, we'll talk about it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I literally, I walk out there and then that night 
was the Rudy Gobert thing, right? And then they and the game got canceled. Mm-hmm. The night before was the Rudy Gobert thing, whatever, with the microphone. And then, the, or maybe, I don't know, and then the game gets canceled. And then I'm driving to LAX, and this is like all time, I'm a dumbass type of thing, where I'm driving, and I get a text from my boss because I'm going to cover the Big Ten tournament. And it says, turn around. And I thought my boss was behind me in the car behind yeah, me. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. where are you? <laughs> like, no, Big Ten tournament's been canceled. Like, no, I was just watching the Big East tournament, first half, you know, because they played one half of a game. St. John's game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was at so, that game. I was at that game. <laughs> right, because you're, you're now your dad went to St. John's, right? Yeah, my brother, my brother was actually, yeah, he was a part of the team at the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, so... So, yeah, so, I mean, it's the craziest shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so w- w- where were you when things started to shut down? Um, I mean, I, I guess that's a perfect example. I was at that St. John's game. I forgot who they were playing, um, but I remember I went up to get, like, snacks and, like, a drink at halftime, and as we're about to come down, they just said, game's canceled, got to go home. And I was, we were just like, what? And then the whole place, the whole place, everyone had to leave. And I just went home and then everything began to really shut down from there, from all the sports seasons and the tournaments and stuff like that. Um, then it was, it was just wild because it just like everything just stopped and everything just ended like that. Did you go to Blair to get your stuff? Did you just stay home? Like, what'd you do? So I was, no, I was home for a little bit. They wouldn't let anyone on campus. I was able to go, I think, uh, like a month and a half later. I had to make sure, obviously, I was wearing a mask. I was away from everyone and kind of just went in, cleared out my stuff and then just left. There was, that was it. So what did you do? What, like, what were you, what were you doing during your days when things were shut down? Um, I, I was mostly just in my driveway. Just, I had a hoop in my driveway. So it would just be like outside shooting. I'd go in my backyard and like work out with my brother. That was, that was kind of the things we had to do, you know? Uh, I mean, playing games aside, like card games or video games with each other. Like there was not a lot to do. Um, but at the same time, I was also trying to figure out my next move for college. And that's, that's when obviously I uh, committed to Stanford and then, so, so who, wait, so who is, who reached out? Who called you first? Uh, reached out to me. was Adam Cohen. He's currently coaching at Xavier yeah. right now. Um, he reached out and he was like, Hey man, we're super interested. I'd uh, love to like build a connection and start re- talking more. Um, and then that, that was like the first call initially. And then we began to call, I think every two days, something like that. He was just checking in talking about, I want to get on a whole zoom call with the whole coaching staff, get you on a call with coach Haas. And then, um, because I couldn't go on a visit. That was a tough thing because of obviously yeah. you weren't allowed to like really travel like that. Right. So I had to do like a zoom visit, FaceTime, showing me around campus. Uh, and then I committed and then I was going out there, I think early August. So you, you get out there early August, but things are still, and it's Northern California, it's still kind of shut down. What was that? What was that first year experience <laughs> like on the farm? Yeah, it was interesting. I first, I first got out there. I went a little early too, just to kind of get a better feel for everything, even though it was shut down. And two of my other uh, freshman classmates at the time, one was already out there, one was coming out there with me. But we were in a hotel right next to campus. We're not allowed to see each other. We weren't really like we weren't really allowed to hang out. Um, we can grab food, but it had to be outside if we're eating together. And we were doing we were doing workouts and we were doing weights because you were allowed to at the time if it was outdoors. So we were on like random outdoor courts on campus that were like, some of them were slanted. Some of the rims were tilted, like getting shots up. Uh, and then the team finally came 
full team and then we did the same thing but we were actually practicing on tennis courts outdoors they brought the, the hoops out on the tennis courts so it would be in the early mornings before it got really hot and then later at night we do like workouts and that was pretty much our whole like preseason and like fall ball what was so what was that what was the school experience like at stanford during that first year um i mean it's it's not what you expect obviously being a freshman in college because everything was online um, no one was on campus really besides the athletes that were there, people that um, like worked at the university. So it almost seemed like a ghost town a lot of the year uh, until the springtime when people were allowed to back on campus. So then it started to fill up a little bit, but not too much. But it was, I mean, it's just like, like a ghost town is the best way to explain it because no one's there. It's a huge campus and just like no one walking around or no one driving around. Right. And it's, and it's just, it's a beautiful campus and super cool, especially yeah. when everybody's there. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then fast forward to your second year. And then what's that like when all of a sudden you're at the same place, mm. but now it's actually populated. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's, inc- it was incredible. I mean, it's a beautiful campus, beautiful area. And now you get to see more and have that more of a feel of like college life where you're walking around, seeing people, meeting people in class, you're sitting next to people, introducing yourself, kind of building those relationships which is like one of the, one of the good things about college, you know, it's, it's great and all to play, obviously play basketball and get an education, but you love to meet people. You love to build those relationships and have that like human interaction, which was nice after a year of just being quarantined in your room all day. Was, was there ever a point where you're like, man, you play the cross? No, no. I, I mean, listen, I was super grateful. I'm doing, I'm playing a college sport at a, at a university where I'm getting a great education. So it, it's kind of hard to be like, down on myself during well, during COVID. I mean, I was looking at the upside of it is, you know, I had this opportunity that not a lot of people are going to have. So I'm just going to make the most of it, even if that's a little bit right now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
sets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You mentioned the education piece. And it's interesting because that's always something that be, that's that drove me. And I do think it's a huge, but in this era of college athletics, it's not, it's never been focused on by some people. It really feels like it gets minimized. But you live the reality to it, right? In, in reality, what what percentage, like Stanford feels like a place where most of those guys are in it for, they want to hoop, maybe maybe make some money playing hoop, but also the education and connections piece is important. Mm. Um, what's the reality to it when you're at Stanford in terms of valuing that education piece? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit, hit it right in the, in the head. It's people are there because they love basketball, but at the same time, they, they realize basketball is not going to last forever and they want to be as best prepared as they can be for the future. And I mean, there's, a, there's so many different like avenues you can go in terms of like majors and stuff like that. If it's finance or economics or computer science, stuff like that. So the guys coming in were interested in those things. And this was a great school that had, had that to offer while also playing power five basketball at the highest level. So you're just you're surrounded by people that love that and love want to be a part of that, even if it's it's really tough at times to balance those lifestyles. But you're surrounded by people that want to do that, so it makes it a little easier when you're in it. Once you guys went back on campus, what percentage of your classes were in person? What percentage were online when you're at Stanford? I think I think once they established we were back on campus, I would say ninety percent of the classes were in person. We just had to make sure we were. A lot of people had a six more spaced out or you were like wearing masks in class, like the typical things you had to do. But they tried to they tried to make sure like you were getting that real experience and everything you were paying for in the sense that you're going to be in class. You There's a professor in front of you in a lecture hall, taking notes, kind of thing like that. So. So you um, in terms of prioritizing time and academics, what's it like? Because I, I bring it up because there's a lot of college basketball players. And I'm sure now at NC State where those dudes that ever step on campus, right? It's all online. So you can, you know, you can go to the academic center or you can do it from your from your dorm or from your apartment and you can fit in your day and you can have your workouts and your practice and all that other stuff. But at Stanford, and this is, I think, the big challenge to Stanford, Northwestern, Duke, Notre Dame, like, hey, man, we're doing real classes. We got real homework. <laughs> you got to really... How did you prioritize your time? What was a what was a day like? Yeah, I mean, a lot of your a lot of your obviously your schoolwork and classwork was going to be based around basketball and your schedule. So <clears throat> once you once the coaches establish what you're going to be doing for you know the weight room conditioning wise, 
and then obviously on the court stuff or even film then you were able to enroll in classes figure out around that schedule what you can take what you couldn't but your days were pretty much basketball in school social life was minimized in a sense like you definitely still had some but it wasn't it wasn't easy to really have a a big social life if you wanted to excel on the court and in the classroom you know you, you had to you got to give up something a little bit and that was kind of what a lot of us had to do for like right now it might not be what you want to do but in the long run it's the best option so like you're waking up going to practice early in the morning um then you're going to class then you're getting food and then in between your next lift or workout you're doing homework or you're you know studying for your exam going to your lift or workout leave it doing more work i mean that's just it was just a constant back and forth between you know basketball and education had you ever been on a team that lost before um no not that i can say so no what's that like i mean obviously it's it's not it's not ideal it's not what you want i mean you winning you everyone wants to win and that's what you're there to do is just you know win games and play your best game but at the same time you got to realize it's not like you're playing at a local you know in a local gym you're playing dude i i I understand but like i had never lost before i went to notre i went to notre dame my freshman year and you know we end up tied for last in the new big east that first year in the big east you know we're well well below 500 i think we're like nine and 18 Mm -hmm. or something i mean it was it was it was rough and i again like you come from i mean like all of us come from high school programs where you're losing two or three four you know max seven or eight games in Mm -hmm. a year emotionally what 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 was that what was that like for you as the team's point guard especially yeah i mean i take you you definitely take a lot of ownership for it i mean as as like the team point guard and leader out there you you know you take a lot of you carry a lot of that weight on your shoulders when you're trying to get your team to win and over that hump of you know you might lose two games in a row but um the thing is you can't you can't really you can't let, really let it affect your next play and your next game if i if i sit there and just sulk and be like whoa is me you know life's hard to be lost two games then we're never getting we're never winning another game especially if i'm the point guard and the leader on the team so especially being in that position i got to be the one who's you know more confident i got to be uplifting guys when they're down like i gotta i gotta not worry about myself that much i gotta worry about the rest of the team and everyone else in the sense of if i just sit there and focus on myself other guys are gonna do the same thing and we're all just gonna we're just gonna collapse but i had to make sure even when tough times i'm, I'm looking out towards the other guys that hey man you're good let's get the next one hey we lost this game let's bounce back and kind of being a leader in that sense and just helping lead guys through the darkness what is the best thing about playing uh for stanford i mean there's a lot of great things but i, I would say i would say just the chemistry we had i think I, I don't know if I played on a lot of teams that had chemistry close to it or like it. We were, we just knew exactly what each other liked to do, where we'd want to get shots. We played well together. We communicated extremely well. Um, no one ever took anything personal. No one was like, if I was yelling at him to, you know, next time cut back door or something like no one took stuff personal. We, we knew we were, where we were coming from and it was coming from a place that we all wanted to win and we need to work together to achieve that. So. I think our chemistry and the way we communicated was one of the best things we had on the court. So you, you graduated what in the spring? Yes. Okay. So you graduate Mm -hmm. and you got a world of possibilities, right? I'm sure you can go and get a job. You could probably go and continue Mm -hmm. playing. 
somewhere overseas and start making some mm-hmm. cash. You go to do lacrosse, okay? Or you can go play basketball. T- take me through the process of how you decide to keep keep playing basketball. Yeah, I, I guess just like I said before, one day it ends, and it, it's hard to it's hard to know that when I still got gas in the tank that I'd just be walking away from it. Um, so who wait, who'd you lose to last year in the in the Pac-12 tournament? Uh, Arizona. Okay, so you lose to Arizona. Yeah. Game's over, right? Like in your mind at that point, what what what's your thought process on? Other than I got to get back home, right? Whatever. Like you, you, what, what, what were you actually thinking? I don't know if there was one specific memory. I guess it was just the fact that, you know, we got to keep working and just get better. I mean, there's no, there's nothing really. I know, but you could, you could have gone back, right? Yeah. Could have yeah. gone back. Okay. You could, you could, again, lacrosse, whatever. Like, are you thinking like, did I got to get out of here? I got to get, I, I got to try something different. Were you thinking I got it? Maybe I'll do lacrosse. Were you thinking, Maybe I'll take some time off. Like, what, what, what were you really? Oh thinking? no, no. At the at the moment, it was more just like we were we were so close. Like towards the end, like we got to get better. That was it. I mean, there was no there was no thought like outside of Stanford or basketball. I mean, it was you know we we struggled throughout the year, and no one ever wants to do that. You know, we we beat we won the first game. We're like close game with Arizona. We obviously beat them during the year, and I was just took onus that like I I need to get better personally for us not to have this feeling again this early in the season. So, okay. So then what was, what, what, what made you make the decision to put yourself in the portal? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things was like, I had the the chance to graduate um, and then just, you know, taking that next step, coming a little closer to home. I've been, I've been on the other coast for three years. Haven't really seen my family much. Haven't seen friends really at all. Um, I think that was just, you know the opportunity for that it's it's tough to have you know it's great to have one of my last year or two that if i can have people i know and care about closer to me and at my games something great and then just a new opportunity so did you do an actual visit this time or did you do another zoom <laughs> no I, I did an actual visit um i came out i don't remember the exact date but i came to campus on like a, a friday morning stayed through the weekend and i just it was, I just, it, it felt, it felt right. You know, the, everything from the, the play style, the coaching, the facilities, the campus, it just, it, it felt like the right fit for me. Yeah. But there's no, like you're talking polar opposites, right? I mean, you go from the farm, which is beautiful, isolated, private, Northern California to state school, middle of a big city, mm-hmm. right? Down the road from, down the road from Duke, which is a lot more like a Stanford, right? And Everything is everything is different. What's that adjustment like? Considering it's so different, even though it's in the same sport at the same level. I mean, I, you just gotta and like just embracing where you are. You know, it's not not comparing, like really comparing the campuses. I feel like if I get caught up in comparing, oh, this Stanford, this campus is better than this, and this or this program is better than this, like you fall into that like cycle of just negative thoughts. But just being like grateful for where I am in the sense of like. Well, I'm at a new opportunity, state school, um, big, like more kids on campus, you know, bigger camaraderie around sports and things like that. So it was just being grateful for I am at the moment. Um, okay. What, what's, what's it like team wise? What's, what's that group like? Because also different from Stanford is now you have a lot of guys that are, you know, moving in, moving out. Stanford, obviously there's not as much movement with the portal. <clears throat> 
What's that been like being a new guy, but also having other new guys around? Yeah, I think having a lot of new guys honestly has made it a little easier because if you're if you're coming to a team that already has 12 dudes that all know each other, have been hanging out for two or three years, you feel like the odd man out a little bit. But coming into a team where everyone's new, then from day one, you're 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 almost forced into building relationships because you're going to be asking questions about where guys are from, what the, their program is like. You know what they're like kind of thing and since everyone's constantly doing that because we have i think eight new guys um it, it makes it a little easier i think honestly than coming to a team that's already been established for a few years what's the what's the most enjoyable part of nc state so far to you i think campus life has honestly been super nice in the sense of the support around sports is it feels a little bigger and the from like the fan base and actual students i think that's been really nice where Stanford, they had, we had pretty good support, but kids were a little more focused on, they were focused on like their school and their startups and stuff like that. Where the, the Stanford, the, I know the Stanford thing is weird because if you go back to when I was playing, that was the best basketball environment in the Pac-12. It really was. It was great. Mm. And, and the, and overall, as you know, the Olympic sports are still an incredibly high level, but it just feels like everybody kind of does their own thing now. Mm. Right. Whereas now you're at a state school where it's all about state, all about the sports and people. Is that is that fair? You lived it. I'm just kind of an observer. No, no, you no, you're definitely right. I think like one of my one of my roommates this past year at Stanford, he was working on a startup. So he came to, I think, maybe one game throughout the whole year. And he like would keep up to date with the box scores. But he's like he's worrying about doing his startup that he's like, I'm not going to go to a sports game. Which is, I mean, it's super bad. What was the start? What, what what was the startup? I don't even, I don't even remember. Something like private equity firms. He was trying to build like spreadsheets for them to make it much easier to organize everything. Um, I think it's still in the works right now, but but yeah, that's that's what a lot of kids are doing. So they're putting all their time and focus and emphasis on that. They're not going to come to games sometimes where kids could be doing that here, but there's a lot more focus on like going to the games, you know, and stuff like that. So. Uh, okay, so a successful season for you. Looks like what? Successful season for me is helping lead the team to March Madness. Haven't been there yet. It's been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. Um, I don't care how I have to do it, but getting it there is going to be that's successful season for me. Okay. Um, have you thought of what it's going to be like to play at Cameron? You thought of what it's going to be like to play in Chapel Hill? Or here's another one, lacrosse guy. You thought it was, I don't know if you guys play at Syracuse this year, but in the Dome as well. I'm excited. Like you got, you got some, that's some big check marks in terms of places people would most want to play. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited. These are the schools, especially being from the East coast. He grew up watching, you know, I mean, everyone watches these big schools, but I'm saying, especially being from the East coast, these games are on times you can watch them. So I'm excited for them. I can't wait to, you know, get in those environments and just get lost in the game and the, the place going nuts and all these different things. But I'm definitely excited for all of these, just to be at all these different, you know, places and programs and experience their environments. NC state was a, a surprise team last year. Um, what do you feel like your crew this year so far? We have, I think we can be really good. We have a lot of talent. Um, a lot of the guys on the team can really score the ball really make plays we just got to make sure we consistently put it together i think that's going to be our biggest thing um but we have a lot of talent so 
obviously, you said I don't know the other schools, but I think we could be really good. It does feel like for you, that's a better, this is a really good fit, right? Because it's not that you can't score, but your what what you do best is lead, defend, you know, you can make shots, but you can set everybody up and let, and kind of be the guy that has no ego, right? About how you do it. And you have guys that have scores egos, which you have to have, right? You still have to score points to win, but it feels like fit wise again, and I'm just looking at this roster from 30,000 feet. It feels like that role really fits what you can automatically bring. And you've already done it. Is, is that how it feels to you? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that was, you know, one of the reasons I made the decision is <clears throat> we play a fast flowing offense, high pick and roll ball screens and go make a play. And I think that's one thing I've always been, or at least pride of myself in is being able to make a play off that ball screen and make the right read, whether it's getting my little shot or, you know, help side slides over you're skipping the ball the opposite corner all these different things so yeah i think i think it does it is a good fit for me i, I think and i hope so now you can play two years right yep two years left okay can you move again at the what like what's the would you have to get in a, a graduate degree what would it, I, i'm not chasing you out of at, at nc state but what would the process be like so you wouldn't have to have an uh file an appeal for next year Honestly, honestly, I, I don't know how it would work because I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking to leave, and I don't have any plans right. to leave. I don't even know like how that process goes for transferring like two times. Right. Yeah. right. So you got two, you got two years left. Um, what's with what's what was your undergraduate degree in? Uh, economics. Okay, so then what's your master's going to be in? I'm trying to get into the MBA program here. You haven't gotten in. No, because I was late to the transfer portal, so I've just been taking classes like towards it. So when I get in, I can already have classes done. Okay, like how hard you have a Stanford degree? It shouldn't be terribly hard. Did you have to take the LSAT to get no, into a lot of a lot of MBA programs? You need like work experience years, so that oh, obviously okay. I haven't worked and to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is NIL like when you come into a market that hasn't seen you? known you i don't i don't really know like what other guys at other schools like how it works like what the nil is at other schools but i mean i think our i think our program here does a pretty good job of trying to help dudes out and make sure people are able to capitalize on their their nil and stuff like that so i mean it's been pretty good can't really complain why, why do you think again and you lived it why do you think so many of those elite academic institutions struggle with getting their own alums to give to the collectives. I mean, I guess every, every, every school is their own reasoning. I mean, I know some schools have where if you donate, it doesn't just go to like, say one sports collective, it goes to a general collective. So some people are like, if, if I'm donating money, I want it to go to baseball, but I don't want it to go to basketball or soccer or different things like that. So I think that kind of deters people from donating sometimes to the collective, but, but, but like, but like, but like, look, Stanford has, if you just, put a pot uh, if you just put like income of alums right mm -hmm. stanford would kill northwestern would kill vanderbilt would kill notre dame would kill but what you get when you talk to all those coaches are like our alums just they don't give to the level that a lot of the state schools the, the nc states the kansas state they just they they don't i'm just wondering having lived in that <laughs> Why do you think that mentality is as it is? 
Yeah, I guess also kind of how I was saying for, I'll give an example, like my roommate, right, has a startup going, didn't go to any games. So now he leaves and makes all this money. He never was really a fan of basketball. He might not, he might feel like, why am I going to give my money to basketball when I can give it to a, maybe a, a, a collective for people to do startups and fund startups and stuff like that. So I, I feel like if you're not at a school where everyone loves those sports and supports those sports constantly, especially when they grow up and now they're away from it and not even watching or surrounded by it, then they're going to be less incentivized to you know, donate lots of money towards that. Is your lacrosse career over? <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. Let's say two and a half years from now, like there's major league lacrosse, right? Like it's a legit thing. They're like, Hey man, how hard is it to pick up a stick and get back after it? Would it be I mean, playing with pro, the pros? It'd be very difficult, but I think, I mean, I, I still, and right now I'll play lacrosse every once in a while, like go out there and shoot her when I go home, train a little bit, like, and I definitely rusty, but after a while I can get it back. But Going out and playing against the professionals and stuff like that definitely isn't easy. I mean, these dudes have been playing since they're five years old and they were the best in college. A lot of them and now they're the best in like in the world in a sense playing. So I don't know. I don't know how easy it'd be just to, you know, take a summer to train and then hop back out there. I mean, I'd like to have confidence in myself that I could do it, but I would have to really, really see and go train for that one. Okay. Uh, have you adjusted your diet to a Southern lifestyle? Uh, not really. I'm, I mean, I'm already pretty restricted with what I eat cause I'm gluten free. So it's kind of hard to embrace like a little more of the Southern, Southern eating, <laughs> the different things. But when you show up and you say you're gluten free, they're like, they're like, Oh, here we go. A dude from that was in Northern California. Right. Some of the people for sure. Are like looking yeah. at me like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Last thing yeah. you mentioned at some point, basketball starts, stops bouncing. Yep. Your basketball stops bouncing. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I would love to get in the finance field, finance world. It's kind of something I've always been interested in and looked into when I was growing up. Um, and then also being surrounded by it. Growing up, especially going to Shamna, I had a, a lot of people's like families and parents, stuff like that, were in like the Wall Street lifestyle and worked those businesses like investment banking or private equity. Um, so that's something I've always kind of known about and been pretty interested into. I don't know exactly what I want to get into yet, but I haven't put too much focus on it, but finance has always kind of been something I've been really interested in. So. You've never done an, in, you've never done an internship on wall street. No, because I, I mean, it was kind of either do an internship and be gone for the summer for basketball or, or hoop yeah. or hoop. And I wasn't, like I said, I'm not giving up on the hooping opportunity when I have it. So, so, so again, so I'm saying like five, seven years from now, you're, you're like, I'm done with the playing thing. You're on Wall Street, you know, living living in Manhattan, right? Black suit, white shirt, black tie, <laughs> right? That that's the and then eventually move back to the island, private equity, a lot of cars, a lot of houses, you know, all the things that maybe buy an NBA team. Like all these private equity guys are freaking killing it. It used yeah. when it used to be doctors and lawyers. Now it's all private equity money. That's is that that's the plan. That's the dream. That, that sounds like a pretty good pretty good plan. I mean, maybe be a along that path or maybe, you know, veer off a little bit. But if that, if that was what I was told I was going to do, I can't really complain. <laughs> All right. So like Axe Capital, you know, uh, in the, in the shows that you streamed, okay. Give me the, the five favorite shows that you streamed. My number one would definitely be the show called Peaky Blinders. 
Sure. sure. Yeah, it's definitely my number one. Love that show. I can watch it any day of the week. I haven't had many. I'm working on suits right now. Okay. I'm working on that. It's been pretty good so far. Uh, I'm not a big, I'm not a big like series guy. If that, uh, so what, what, are you a movie guy or what, what, if you're not a series yeah, guy? I, I, I'd, I'd rather watch a movie than, than that. So I'm more into like, I love a, a good like Marvel or DC movie. I just finished like okay. the Batman trilogy again. I've watched that so many times, but the Christopher uh, Nolan ones, right? Not the other ones. Yeah. Christopher Nolan for sure. The yeah. other ones are junk. The Christopher Nolan ones are big time. Christopher Nolan ones, I would just say big time. Not gonna right. <laughs> put the other ones right. down, but. Right. It's like, yeah, like yeah, you're not watching Batman and Robin like, oh, God. Yeah, and, yeah, no, not... It ended the series for like 10 years. <laughs> you know what's um, interesting is I, I go to, I can watch Guardians of the Galaxy anytime and enjoy it. That's Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Two's good. Three's, it's okay. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like one is a great go-to. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of those movies you can just rewatch and they they never get old. Yes. And the other part to it, though, is I feel like, are there really people that read all these comic books that I missed on? Because, like, I don't know anything about any of these characters. But apparently there's this whole subculture that had the the comic book thing. They're like, oh, yeah, he does this. this." Do you know anybody who's actually read the comic books? Yeah. So I had I had one friend in high school. I can remember where he would after the movie would first come out, he'd go watch it that night at midnight show up to school the next day off of like three hours of sleep and he would just vent about the movie didn't line up with this guy and then it was weird how they went this path instead of this and i'm like i haven't even seen the movie so you're ruining it for me right now but uh but yeah i've only known one guy who's really stuck to the t read all the comic books knew every character what they were supposed to do and like compared it to the movies uh by the way deadpool i believe is the the, the best of any of that genre like it's that's one of my favorite movies of all time if, those are good you if you are going to embody one superhero character, yep, only one, yep, who would it be? Spider Man, hands down. That's my that's my guy. I love Spider Man. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, he's just always been like wasn't big on you know revealing who he was. He doesn't. Really, he never at the beginning he wanted the attention, but then he kind of gave up on that. And then he's always just willing to help other people and give up on you know his in school he was you know he wasn't doing well in school and he was one of the smartest guys his sleep and stuff like that um he was just super super selfless and he was just he's just the guy like i love that guy this is i i believe you i you know this is not a you're checking him out but who's your favorite spider-man this is a big thing toby mcguire the original okay gotta go okay i like that by the way the last one the the newest end of the Spider-Verse was awesome. Took me a while to figure it out. I was like, what am I even watching? <laughs> like, it's like a 20 minute and I'm older, right? Like I'm 25 years older than you. So, mm. so a lot of this, the Spider-Verse thing, I was like, wait, what? And then once I figured it out, I was like, oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. And, the, and, and there's also the soundtrack is outstanding. outstanding. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't wait to see it in a Wolfpack uniform. Yeah. I love your story. I appreciate you joining me and let's catch up as the, as the season rolls on. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me on today. Man, doesn't that make you a fan of NC state, make you a fan of Michael O'Connell, right? Just uh, really at peace with who he is and what he's decided to do and how he's decided to do it. Consider me somebody who's going to watch the Wolfpack and root for him and playing and trying to get the pack back 
to the NCAA tournament. My thanks to Michael O'Connor for his time. Remember, remember, you can listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's a radio show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific. Also, we have a daily podcast called In the Bonus. Remember, you download this podcast, you can find it. Um, and uh, as, in regards to this podcast, review it, subscribe, download, rate it. All those things, I think, help me make more money. If nothing else, they'll help your voice be heard. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Thanks for listening. This is All Ball. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.